Gosh, man, I, I'll be honest with you. What I have on my mind this morning is the trip we just got back from. Um, and I, I wish I could just sit here and just tell you and just preach about the trip because there's so much. We went to Dominican on this medical mission trip that I could share. And I'm just going to hit pause on that and save it for another day. But my mind is there. It's like we have no idea. It's just, it's just crazy how blessed we are here. And I, I will share more about that later. But I, I want to invite you this morning um, on a journey. Uh, that I'm going to start January the 1st of 2024. It's a journey that I'm hoping a lot of other people will get on the bus with me on. And that's the journey of reading the Bible together in a year. Um, I really want to encourage you to read the Bible with me from the beginning to the end um, over the course of 2024. And I want to catch you early because I, what's about to happen is we're going to have Thanksgiving and it's all over. Like we're going to have Thanksgiving, we're going to have Advent, and then we're going to jump into the new year, and I want to have a chance to talk to you about this. So I'll remind you of this sermon, but today I want to really hone in on why in six weeks from now you should start reading the Bible in a year. Um, this will be, I guess it's the fifth time in my life that I've done this. The first time I did it when I was 12 years old, and my mom gave me a little uh, a teen study Bible. And, uh, and that was back in the day where you actually read a physical Bible and they had this little thing you, you put in the pages, this little long thing called a bookmark. And you would actually like hold your space in there. For those of you that are younger, like it was this little sheet of paper and it went in like a physical book and you stuck it there so you would remember where you had read. And I remember reading it through from the beginning to end. And then it was about four years ago or so, Jenny and I decided to read the Bible together a year. I hadn't done it in a long time. And so we used the Bible app, which I'll talk about later in the sermon and make this really easy for you. But we decided to do it. And so we did it and it was great and it gave us something to talk about. And then we decided to do it chronologically because because the Bible's not necessarily put together in the order of the events things happen. And so we read it chronologically. And so I want to ask you this year to join us in doing it again, just from the beginning to end. Last year, I preached a message very similar to this one, and it was really kind of on a whim. It's kind of last minute, and people cling to it. And I think we probably had, if I had to guess, I would say we had 70 or 80 people in our church reading the Bible together in a year this past year, and it's been really neat to have those conversations. And um, so anyhow, but before, once again, before you get panicked about, you're like, I can't do that. I don't have time. I'm not organized. I will give you the tools, okay? We'll make it really, really easy by the end of this if you would just listen listen today about why you should read it. Because the reality is, um, things that used to be in print were really sacred. And, and now, like, everybody's got books everywhere, at least in this country, and everybody's got access to the Bible. And actually, if you look at that, the Bible app, you can get 3,000 different translations of the Bible um, in 2,000 different languages, really within a 30-second download. So there's no excuses to not have access to God's Word, which other people may have a challenge with. So, so here we go. I'm going to start with this question right here. Why read the Bible in a year? Why read the Bible in a year? And I will start with this. I will say that the Bible is what nourishes you. It is spiritual nourishment. We just spent a week in a place where people were, some of them physically malnourished. Um, but I come back to America and I feel like we walk around and people are spiritually malnourished. It would be like if we had a table full of food sitting in front of us and we were all starving to death and nobody told us that it was there and that you could eat it. Like the Word of God is what nourishes your heart and your spirit and your soul and it gives you direction, it gives you sustenance. And yet it kind of sits on a shelf that grandma gave us or mom gave us and sit there and it's kind of dusty and we're in the, you know, we, we're in church here, but the whole world has access or all of America has access to a Bible and they don't use it. 
Some of us Christians don't use it. Um, Jesus actually says in the book of Matthew, he just got baptized, and he goes immediately into the desert, and he's being tempted by the devil. And the devil, it says in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4, it says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit, notice by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Okay, 40 days and 40 nights, right? We get hungry, we're just in church. And we're like, get me somewhere to eat. 40 days, 40 nights. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but listen, on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We, we must live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another example is in 2 Timothy, where Timothy is talking about how important, or, or Paul's talking about how important um, it says that, that uh, Scripture, it says, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So we use Scripture to teach, to rebuke, to correct, and to train. If you're a parent, that's important, um, that we're using Scripture as the guide for our children, uh, to teach, rebuke, correct, and train. We use it in the church, of course. I thought it was interesting. Once again, it's hard for me not to talk about the trip this week because my mind is just coming off of it. But where it's sitting there in Dominican Republic, it's only a thousand miles from here. And the, the influence of so many outside voices is so strong. One, there's a very strong Catholic influence. I'm not knocking on the Catholics. We came out of the Catholic Church, but people um, have not left the Catholic Church, a lot of them there. We're Protestant because we protested the Catholic Church. And so here, um, we stress uh, salvation by faith. Um, there's some things that we, we don't have a mediator. We go straight to Jesus. A lot of things you and I take for granted that people there are still really immersed in a Catholic culture. It's very interesting. Also, voodoo. I was learning a lot about voodoo and the influence of voodoo. And, um, and the reason I'm telling you this is that you step into a, a culture where you're not in the Bible belt. You and I are in the buckle of the Bible belt, right? Like you step into a place where that's not normal, for everybody to um, grow up in you know, a church, and suddenly you need the Scripture in your heart. Suddenly you're in a conversation with somebody. We had interpreters, but you need to be able to share God's Word, and you don't need to go, hold on, let me Google it. It's, even in America, if you're in a conversation with somebody, somebody goes, well, tell me why Christ is so important. Tell me why you believe what you do, and you go, well, let me, um, I'll set you up a, a meeting with our pastor. Or I want you to come to church. Rather, if you have God's Word on your heart so that you've memorized it and you've studied it. This is why we read the Bible, so that we know God's Word. And so you can, you can call uh, verses from your head to go, this is why we believe what we do. Um, the, the Bible says that your Word, and you may know this, the Bible says in, in Psalm 119, 105, says, your Word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And so if you don't have God's word, you're walking around in the darkness without your flashlight. And you're just like, I don't know where the landmines are. But if you know God's word, it steers you and it guides you and it guides the church. It guides where we go and what we do. So that's why it's really important to read the Bible um, so that you know God's word and have it in your heart and it's sustenance for you um, to teach, to rebuke, to correct, to train. Okay. Now, the second question you may ask is, how do I read the Bible in a year? Like, how do I do it? Well, 
Here's what I would say to you. If you look at the Bible, this is a thin Bible, right? Um, some of you have big Bibles and you cannot lie. I sing that, that, that anyway, I, I won't do that, but I, there's a story to that. But um, I like, <laughs> uh, so this is a thin, this is a thin Bible. Um, and if, if you look at a, a big Bible, it looks very intimidating to go, oh gosh, I got to read, I got to read the whole thing through, right? And you go, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Well, I always heard this phrase um, that you eat an elephant one bite at a time, okay? And I've never eaten an elephant, um, but I have read the Bible through. And I know that you can't sit down and do it in the afternoon, but you can do it over the year. In fact, if you look, this, this uh, has somewhere between 11 and 1,200 chapters in the whole thing. So if you divide, divide 11 or 1,200 by 365, it's only like three chapters a day. And you go, well, three chapters a day seems like an awful lot, or maybe you think it doesn't sound like much. I will tell you, three chapters of the Bible is plenty. There's so much packed in the Bible. There's so much, like if you open it, you just go three chapters, it's alive and it's living. It's sharper than a double-edged sword is what Scripture tells us. It divides the soul and the spirit. Like this word will preach to you, it'll speak to you, it'll come alive, it'll guide you, read it, and it excites you, and it fires you up, and it gives you passion, and it gives you sustenance, and it fills your heart, and it gets you going, and you're down, you read God's word, and it lifts you up, and you use it to encourage other people, and you speak it over each other, and you pray it over each other. It's God's word. He gave it to us. It's the living word. It's Jesus. Christ, this is it. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's what we live by. It's our instruction book. So you, you just start with three chapters a day, and you can choose. You can go, well, I'm going to read it from Genesis all the way to Revelation and just do it page by page by page. Or you can do it once again chronologically, and you can say, hey, I'm going to do it in the order that it happened. Or you can do it historically, actually, in the way that it was written, because not all of them were written at the same time they were actually, they, they happened. So um, there's different ways you read. You read all the Gospels together. You can read the Epistles together. You can read the, the Minor and the Major Prophets together. And you can read it in sections of the historical books or the books of the law. Like you, you can take and just do however you want to do it, but just do it. Just read God's Word and be soaked in it every day. You can get it audibly. Like for the slackers, you can get it audibly. It will read it to you. You can get it in an Australian voice. You can get it in a guy's voice. You can get it in a girl's voice. You can get it in a deep voice. You can get it in a high voice. Whatever you want. It'll read it to you. You can lay down at night, and it'll read you. I mean, it'll just, you just sit there and just soak it up. You can drive and just listen to it. You cook dinner and listen to the Bible. All I'm saying is you have no excuse. Like, it's been so simple. And if you go back just 100 years ago, 200 years ago, it would have been really difficult. But now it's like every single tool out there is available for us to read the Bible. Okay, so that's how to read the Bible. Read it one bite at a time. Read it three chapters a day. Um, different ways you can read it, audibly, whatever. Now, the next question is when to read the Bible. When should we read it? When's a good time to read it? Well, I will say this. I'll say start your day with it. So start the day with it. Now, don't start the day with social media. Okay, I'm just going to say that because what you do is you, you fall in the trap of comparison, right? When you wake up, you go, oh, look what John and Jane, they're doing and building and going and seeing. And, and you're like, man, start your day with Jesus. Let Jesus be the bar that's set. Open the Bible and see what Jesus is doing before any other voice gets to you. Because I, I don't know about you, I, there's some voices I like to listen to and there's some I don't. And there's a lot of voices that want to speak. But start with Jesus' voice and, and, and do it early 
in the morning. Takes 15 minutes. Get a cup of coffee. Here's what I say. Get a cup of coffee. If you like coffee, don't like coffee, you're weird, but love coffee. Get a cup of coffee. Um, and and it, it, by the time you're done drinking your cup of coffee, you can have the Bible, the, your three chapters read. When I was a kid, I had a, um, and by the way, I, people tell me I'm not a morning person. I hear this a lot. And here's my answer would be, I say, well, Satan is. Okay. When you wake up, Satan's at work. Like he, he, he's always at work, but God's always at work. So you want to tap into God so that you can battle Satan before your feet hit the ground. Um, when I was a kid, one of the first Bibles I had was a pocket-sized Bible. And it was this little, little like, it folded, like, there's this little tiny Bible. And I actually took it on our trip. And, uh, and I remember it came with a magnifying glass. Like, the print was so little, it came with a magnifying glass in the middle, and you're supposed to use it and read. And now, like, my eyes are getting worse. So I'm like, I really need it. Um, but, uh, but I remember I would get to school early because my parents were teachers. And my parents had to drop me off at school before they went to their school, so I would get there before everybody. And I would sit in the hallway, and I'd open that Bible. And I remember I would read it before everybody got there. And I'd read all these different books. I'd read Leviticus. I'm like, I have no idea what that's talking about. And then, you know, you look at uh, the, the, the minor prophets, and you go, what in the world's going on? Or Jeremiah, I want to fall asleep. Or Revelation, you'd be like, what in the world is John seeing here? Right? You see all this stuff. But it, it started to speak to me. It started to come alive, and there was something that the Holy Spirit was doing when I was reading it. Even though I didn't understand it, the Holy Spirit was guiding me. And he'll do the same with you. If you don't understand it, he'll start piecing it together, and you'll see how the Bible's intricately woven from the beginning to the end. How you'll start seeing the whole Old Testament through the lens of Jesus, the high priest. And you'll start putting it together and piecing it together, and you'll go, oh my gosh, it's suddenly starting to make sense. By the third, fourth, fifth time you read you start going, wow. It's so much revelation. So, Mark 135 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So he got away from everything. Don't miss a day. Do it every single day, seven days a week. Seven days a week. When you're on the cruise, when you're at the beach, when you're sick, when you're traveling, whatever you're doing, just start with the Bible. You got to wake up. If you don't wake up, don't read it. <laughs> okay? Let's put it that way. You got a golf game, whatever it is, you read it. Psalm 143.8 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Okay. So, where to read the Bible. Where, where to read the Bible. Where do you go? Um, pick a spot. The, the most comfortable spot where you can get away from as many people as you can, depending on how many people you, you got in your house. Okay? Um, I have this chair that I sit in every morning when I read it. It's, it's a leather chair. And you know how some chairs have like the indentation in them of your... <laughs> well, anyway. Um, you, you know, you sit in that chair all the time. And you're like, nobody sit in my chair, right? So a comfortable chair. And so I go down, I get my coffee, and I sit in the chair. And, uh, you know, sometimes I put a heater on my feet, and the golden doodle's sitting there, and, you know, we're having our moment. And, and um, you just read. And you just spend some time with God. It's such a sweet time. I'm not saying, look at me, what I do. I'm just saying, he offers it to everybody. Like, it's such a sweet time to spend with the Lord. Amen. Like, if you get alone with him, it's like he speaks. He speaks. He spoke the world into his existence. He will speak to you if you will give him opportunity and get alone with him 
and just carve it out. The rest of the day could be crazy, but carve out the time to, to spend with him. Your home office, your front porch, your car, uh, the kitchen counter, your prayer closet, wh- whatever it is. Hey, and keep a journal. I would tell you to keep a journal. It's really good to keep a journal. And a journal just of what you pray for or what happened and so that you can see how God has worked in your life. Like just jot down, like, you know, today we prayed for healing for such and such, or today, Lord, I ask you to bless me with this, or God, um, I, I saw this happen. And you go back, I always go back, and I look at a year before every morning, and I go, what was I doing last year? What was I praying for last year? And it's amazing what 365 days does with God. So here's the goal um, in, in all of this. I, I, I wrote some goals for the church and one of the goals for 2024 is to have 200 people in the church read the Bible in a year. 200 people. 200 people in the church read the Bible in a year. Um, and I think if we begin to do this, it's going to shift our church because we got to be in alignment with God's Word, not our opinions. We've got to be in alignment with what He wants and who He is and where He's leading. And you can't do that if you don't know His Word. we got to be theologically accurate. You can't do that if you don't know His Word. We got to treat each other the kindness. We got to reach the world. We got to go out. We got to have, we, we got to evangelize. We can't do that if God doesn't put the passion in our heart from His Word and we know why we're doing it. So we got to start reading His Word together and we got to start talking about it. Now, I'm going to make it really, really easy for you, okay? If you have a phone, most of you do. If you have a phone, you just go to your app store and you download, you guessed it, the Bible app. And Uversion Bible app is the one I would tell you to download. And you download Uversion Bible app. And once you download the Bible app with all these different translations and all the voices that will read to you and it makes it really, really easy, then after you download the Bible app, you're going to go and you're going to look at a plan called the Bible Recap. Okay? It has different plans that you can use to read your Bible. It's got thousands of plans. But the Bible Recap is a great one to use. There's a woman named Tara Lee Cobble. And she will essentially explain everything to you. It comes with devotionals. It comes with journals. Um, and every day she's got uh, an, an, a, an, an additional app that you can open up and she'll read the devotional, explain everything to you and what's going on in the text. It's so helpful. So we're going to have these. We're going to have some available in the back. We passed them out this morning. We also have a link to this on our website um, we also put a link to this in the community news. And so, and if you go, hey, I'm not tech savvy. I don't even have a phone for some reason. You can stop by our office. We're going to have all the resources in our office. And if you just go, I need some help doing this. Look, you don't have to have a phone to do it. You can print off a copy and you can use a bookmark. That's all good. It's actually better sometimes because there's no distractions. You just use the physical Bible to do it. We talked about does Sunday schools and small groups want to do this? I'll be honest with you. You lose a lot of people because it's a high level of commitment. So it'd be kind of hard for some Sunday schools to do it unless you're super motivated and super disciples, which I hope that you are. Small groups could do it. You could do it with your men's group. You could do it with your spouse. You could do it with your kids. You could do it with a daughter at college or a son uh, who's offers first job, and it will bond you like no other to read the scriptures together. Have an accountability partner, whatever. It takes. So here's what I've learned about all of it, and then we're going to go into communion. I crave this time with Jesus. It's like it, it, he, he, he pulls you in. 
It's like the most important meeting of the day, and I can't explain it, but if you start doing it, it's not a chore. You look forward to it. You like wake up, and I'm like, oh, God's waiting downstairs in the living room. And so it's exciting that I get to get up, because I don't like to talk to people in the morning other than God. And I get up, and I go down there, and you read what he has to say, and he speaks to you. And so, anyway, I offer this to you. Um, and we'll see where it goes as a church. I hope this is something we can continue. But, but once again, scan the QR code, grab a sheet in the back, go to our website. you got six weeks, so I'll be reminding you about it as we go. And we'll start it together, and we'll see what the Lord does. So with that, um, I'm going to pray just that he encourages you to do this and to read his word and that he convicts us and that we have at least 200 people doing this this year. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, you've given us the greatest gift we could ever ask for, an instruction manual written by you. 66 books of the Bible, Lord, over 1,500 years. 40 different authors all put together in one nice, neatly packaged book that explains who you are. Father, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you are revealed with one nice and neatly woven fabric of the story of God's people. Father, I ask you to forgive us for abandoning the reading of your word. We get so busy listening to other voices, but I pray this will become the loudest, at least the first voice that we hear every single day, 15 minutes of our day, three chapters a day, 365 days a year. May we commit. Help us, Lord, as a church to be able to begin discussing your word day in and day out and become equipped so that we can train and teach, rebuke, correct, Speak life, pray over people with God's word. We ask you to bless our, our time with you in the mornings. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.